When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Doc Vader, the most powerful clinician in the galaxy. You are listening to the Inside the Boards podcast. The force is moderately to severely strong with this one. Vader out. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman. (laughs) All right, we are back with another episode of the Inside the Boards podcast. We are going to be doing some samples from the audio cue bank the all audio cue bank that we are releasing this month um and i got a new microphone the sure sm7b which is the same microphone that michael jackson used to record the album thriller but as much as i wanted to include that as an opening song i really don't need uh sony's uh music division uh legal team sending me uh, a cease and desist letter or suing me at this point in my life. I just don't need that now. But if I sound like Michael Jackson in subsequent podcasts, uh, you will know why. At any rate, if you are interested in getting in on our all audio cue bank, go to insidetheboards.com slash bank. If you purchase now at the pre-order price, you will get one year access to both versions, actually, of the Audio Cue Bank, our first and second year slash step one content with questions from Osmosis, and the third year version with questions from Online MedEd. Big thanks to both companies, uh, especially Online MedEd, Dustin Williams, and the team from Online MedEd have proven to be committed first and foremost to helping students succeed in medical school. Online MedEd is now used by over 80% of medical students in 191 countries. So if you are going through your rotations now, studying for a shelf exam, studying for step two, or even starting to look into more uh, clinical content as a first or second year medical student, you need to go to onlinemeded.org and sign up for an account. The lectures, which are the foundation of Online MedEd's platform, are free. And because Dustin is fast earning the reputation of being a world-class lecturer on par with, dare I say it, the inimitable Golion, you need to make sure that you are using their content as you study throughout your medical education. Plus, they've got a lot in the works. Right now, they've got their intern boot camp for 99 bucks lifetime access. 
a one-of-a-kind program designed to help you become the best resident in your program. It's a really unique kind of thing, over 40-plus hours of content covering everything you need to become a rock star in residency. So big thanks to Online MedEd. Sign up for our audio QBank. For more info, insidetheboards.com slash QBank. Use the discount code podcast for an additional $10 off. Gotta be doctor. Simona. Simona. Gotta be the doctor. <laughs> and uh, happy studying. Thanks for listening. And now the sample from our third year version of the Audio QBank featuring content from Online MedEd. A 46-year-old man comes to clinic for a routine visit. He has difficult to control hypertension, and he is on hydrochlorothiazide, lisinopril, metoprolol, amlodipine, aspirin, and simvastatin. He reports being recently reprimanded at work where he is a cash register attendant. Because of his frequent trips to the bathroom, he is unable to man his post for long periods of time. His vitals are within normal limits, save for a blood pressure of 142 over 88. The physical examination reveals moderate obesity. Laboratory studies show a normal comprehensive metabolic panel and complete blood count three months prior. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this man's symptoms? A. Hydrochlorothiazide B. Lisinopril C. Metoprolol or D. Amlodipine And the answer is A, hydrochlorothiazide. So this question lists many medications. The thing that he is complaining about is frequent urination. Therefore, the hinge of this question relies on you recognizing medication side effects. HCTZ, hydrochlorothiazide, is a thiazide diuretic which blocks the reabsorption of sodium into the vasculature at the level of the distal convoluted tubule. This causes a naturesis that is, sodium goes into the collecting system, and therefore, since water follows salt, a diuresis of fluid results. Increasing the fluid lost into the urinary bladder means that it fills up more quickly, and therefore, the patient will need to urinate more frequently. Answer choice B was lisinopril. The big side effects to remember for that, cough, hyperkalemia, and angioedema. C was metoprolol. High-yield side effects are bradycardia and depressed mood. D was amlodipine. The high-yield side effect to remember for that is peripheral edema. Question 2. A 56-year-old woman is being discharged from the hospital after a myocardial infarction. She is status post-stenting of the OM1 and OM2 coronary arteries. She is placed on aspirin, rosuvastatin, and prasagril. She is placed on aspirin, rosuvastatin, and prasagril. She has a history of hypertension, diabetes, and high cholesterol. Her blood pressure is 152 over 86. Which medication combination is most appropriate for this patient? A. Fosinopril and metoprolol. B. Fosinopril and hydrochlorothiazide. C. Hydrochlorothiazide and amlodipine. Or D. Amlodipine and metoprolol. And the answer choice is A, fosinopril and metoprolol. This question is about choosing an antihypertensive regimen when a patient has comorbid conditions. 
When someone has hypertension alone, JNC8 states that you use thiazide diuretics, ACE inhibitors, and calcium channel blockers as the first line. However, as comorbid conditions arise, those usually dictate the antihypertensive choice. In the setting of coronary artery disease, the beta blocker and ACE inhibitor combination are often maximized before adding another agent. The only combination of beta blocker and ACE inhibitor in these choices is A, fosinopril and metoprolol. Of course, every patient with coronary artery disease needs an aspirin and a high-potency statin, and in this case, some sort of stent-protecting medication like clopidogrel or prasigrel is also indicated. For the question, the antihypertensives chosen are an ACE inhibitor and a beta blocker. Remember, the board's insider's tip for this one, coronary artery disease gets aspirin, statin, a beta blocker, and an ACE inhibitor. Question 3. An 86-year-old man comes to the ED with a chief complaint of headache. He is forgetful but still independent with respect to his activities of daily living, although he does admit to having problems taking his medications. He is on metoprolol, valsartan, isosorbide, mononitrate, tamsulosin, hydralazine, clonidine, amlodipine, and aspirin. His vital signs show a blood pressure of 196 over 120. Fundoscopic examination is normal, and he shows slight confusion, which his daughter states is normal. Noncompliance with which of the following medications is the most likely cause of his current condition? A. Clonidine, B. Lisinopril, C. Hydralazine, or D. Tamsulosin. The answer here is A. Clonidine. Clonidine is a terrible antihypertensive, but it is also one of the most potent. The main problem is that it is dosed three times per day, and missing even one dose can cause rebound hypertension, higher blood pressure than if there were no clonidine on board at all. While this side effect has been alleviated by the use of transdermal patches, emergency departments like to use it as a means of gaining BP control for hypertensive urgency. The problem is that when it wears off, most TID medications have a half-life of about four hours, the blood pressure will spike again. So if you have a patient who is on this medication and the vignette describes a person who is forgetful and may have difficult complying with a complicated medication regimen, think rebound hypertension as a result of missed clonidine dosing. Note that answer choice C, hydralazine, can cause a reflex tachycardia. This is different from the rebound hypertension, which occurs with a missed dose of clonidine. Reflex tachycardia is a result of the lowered systemic vascular resistance that vasodilator drugs like hydralazine cause. The board's insider's tip for this question is use the mean arterial pressure equation to think about vital sign changes and drug side effects. Remember, maintaining mean arterial pressure is the body's goal for maintaining homeostasis. MAP equals the cardiac output, which is a product of the stroke volume and heart rate, times the systemic vascular resistance. So, if the primary effect of hydralazine is to lower the systemic vascular resistance, the body, in an effort to maintain constancy of the mean arterial pressure, will be to increase the stroke volume or heart rate. Vascular resistance goes down, stroke volume or heart rate is going to go up to maintain MAP. This is what happens when somebody takes hydralazine 
and you see a reflexive tachycardia after dosing. Choice D was tamsulosin. Tamsulosin causes orthostatic hypotension and is for benign prostatic hyperplasia, not hypertension. Next question. A 16-year-old male passes out during a soccer game. His family history is significant for sudden cardiac death. He is awake now and without complaints, has no medical history, takes no medications, and denies any illegal drug use. His vital signs are normal. What physical exam finding is most likely to be found on auscultation? A. Normal heart sounds. B. Hollow systolic murmur at the apex. C. An opening snap followed by a low rumbling diastolic murmur at the apex. Or D. A crescendo-decrescendo systolic murmur at the left sternal border. And the answer here is D. A crescendo-decrescendo systolic murmur at the left sternal border. Why? Because this person has a history suggestive of hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. On the boards, a young athlete that presents with sudden onset syncope, especially during exercise, and especially with a family history of sudden cardiac death, is a dead ringer for hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. The other murmurs mentioned, a hollow systolic murmur or an opening snap with a low rumbling diastolic murmur, would all present earlier in life. If you see a young person who's active, sudden death in the history, you got to think hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy. On the other hand, if you see an elderly person who has syncope during activity, think aortic stenosis, which would present with an auscultatory finding of a holosystolic murmur. These are basically the same sounding murmur. However, the murmur crescendo-decrescendo, systolic murmur at the left sternal border, doesn't usually radiate to the carotid, as does the holosystolic murmur at the apex heard in patients with aortic stenosis. Next question. A 33-year-old African-American woman comes to the clinic with a chief complaint of shortness of breath. She has no medical history and takes no medications. The dyspnea has been present for several weeks and has not gotten any better or worse. Her vital signs are normal. On physical examination, the lungs are clear to auscultation bilaterally. A chest x-ray reveals bilateral lymphadenopathy. What is the most likely diagnosis? A. Sarcoidosis. B. Congestive heart failure. C. Pulmonary tuberculosis. Or D. Aspergillosis. The answer choice here is A. Sarcoidosis. Sarcoid is most prevalent in African Americans. Whenever the test gives you a race, it's probably important. There's a bimodal distribution, young adults and then elderly patients. Sarcoid is a restrictive pulmonary disease that presents with dyspnea and hypoxemia. Without a definitive biopsy that shows non-caseating granulomas, the diagnosis can't be certain, but this case has many of the classic findings you might see on a board exam, notably an African-American patient with shortness of breath and bilateral lymphadenopathy on a chest x-ray. From now until October 1st, leave a review and rating of the podcast on iTunes. Send your screenshot to podcast at insidetheboards.com and you'll be entered to win one year of access to the ITB All Audio QBank for free. And thanks to Sam and Alex from Magic Man for letting us use the track 
Out of Mind off their 2014 album Before the Waves, which GQ described as 12 tracks of alt joy. To hear more, check them out at magicmanmusic.com or follow them on facebook.com slash magicmanmusic. As always, thanks for listening and sharing Inside the Boards with your friends. Inside the Boards is not affiliated with the United States Medical Licensing Examination, Comprehensive Osteopathic Medical Licensing Examination, National Board of Medical Examiners, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, or any other licensing or examination body. All exam names or other trademarks are the property of the respective trademark owners. Content discussed during this program is the property of Inside the Boards, or the attributed owner and may not be reproduced without permission from the appropriate entity. Inside the Boards fully adheres to the respective policies on irregular behavior outlined by the aforementioned credentialing bodies. All content discussed is for educational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice.